Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now the video everybody <laughs> it is friday night it's 11 p.m eastern time and i'm surrounded by amazing comic creators first of all will Allred, how are you buddy doing all right man it's been a hectic week but uh been looking forward to this all week long yeah we we, we knew we had some all-stars this week we've got uh three campaigns uh with creators almost everybody's been on the show before uh, uh connor Welcome to explain yourself. You are the first, the only person here who hasn't been on the show. So we're giving you the first big introduction. Introduce yourself. Introduce your comic book, and introduce those other people on the team uh, that you corral, Connor. You're the first. You're 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 is your uh, first time on. So we're we're throwing you the biggest bone. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Connor Hughes. Uh, I'm uh, one of the artists on, on White Ash comic that's um, written by Charlie Stickney and now also penciled by Mick Byers here as well as colored by Finn Graham. Um, you know, uh, I think people who have been watching your show know Charlie's work. And so, you know, I think they're fairly acquainted with the story. But, uh, you know, I just try and <clears throat> do my best to to bring his script to life. Uh, we're going to get into how well you do that pretty soon. Laurent Valls Jr. is back for the the third issue of Sacrifice. Um, right. So so let us know if someone was coming past you on a convention, and I want to talk about conventions tonight, and I'll tell you, tell everybody why in about 30 seconds. But if they were walking <laughs> past your booth in 30 seconds, how would you get them into Sacrifice? Uh, Hellboy meets Evil Dead. The uh, super-powered host of Lucifer has two goals. One, gather allies who can stop Lucifer from bringing hell to Earth. And two, make enough money by fighting demons to keep the lights on. The uh, horror comedy series which is halfway through its first arc right now. Awesome. And Rob Multari, the reason we are talking comic conventions a little bit. Man, you look good. You don't look like you've been out schlepping comic books for 12 hours. <laughs> I, I've had like three monsters all day, so, <laughs> so I'm pretty wired. <laughs> so so when people went past, how did you get their attention on Nightwolf? So, you know, when they, they, they kind of do their little, you know, 
eye glances, hesitate for a minute, stop at the table. I'm like, hey, are you a fan of werewolf supernatural stories? If so, check out Nightwolf. It's a story about a young man who finds out that he's born a werewolf and gets thrown into a supernatural war. And I also just started a new series called Snowpaw about a female werewolf from 19th century Scotland. Awesome. Now, Charlie Stickney's here. Mick Byers is back. So I do want to actually give you a nice introduction, but I wanted to, you know, since since you, you guys are old hat on the show, I wanted to, to give the biggest introduction to Connor. But welcome back, Mick. How, where are you on um, on your Kickstarter? Have you sent off to print on, on the uh, cover? No, series? not yet. I've got, uh, I've got like six, seven pages left to, to finish, and then I'm going to subject Charlie to the, like, you know, initial, like, hey, is this ready? What do I need to fix here? <laughs> and then, you know, corrections, and then send it off to print. So uh, in the next couple weeks, I'm thinking I'll, you know, I'll get that next step of the process done and start working on my next one. Basically the same question to you, Charlie, how I slipped my way through my freshman year. How close, where are you? Are files at printer or? Yeah, I, I hopefully we'll have those uh, next week. Um, supposedly they've been printed and they are going on a pallet and being shipped out my way. So very soon. So we'll see. I did like how Mick sort of basically said, so if there are any mistakes in my book that I'm going to be <laughs> shipping out, they're all Charlie's fault. Right? Like, I think we all caught that. He's exactly. like immediately like, there's no responsibility for anything. I'm just going to put that on Charlie. So I, I'll, I'll take that way. I'll take that way. Um, Is that something the rest of us can do too, Charlie? Just, I'm asking for a friend. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just, just keep it on. Whatever is good in your books is you. Whatever is bad, I am sure was me. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll take that. Morales. I don't think there's anyone that can control Mick's ability to, to, to write as many words on the page. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we did get uh, Danny Morales coming in saying, dang, Danny. Charlie's everywhere this week. Well, I think that's how you get about 980 plus backers on your campaign in the first week, which I, I want to say everybody that's here tonight is killing it. And, but how do you, Charlie, how do you figure out how to be on multiple shows in a week to get your energy together, to keep your thoughts clear? How do you schedule this? Um, well, well, I have people for that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wish I wish I had people for that, honestly. No, it, it's um, I, I think I think like, you know, that's what we're all looking to do. We, you know, I think one of the great things about being here tonight is there's a bunch of creators and then we can go and tell our people, oh, I was on this great show last night. And, you know, like there was this book Sacrifice and there was this book Nightwolf. So it's a community and we're all here for each other. And that's what I love about uh, Kickstarter and crowdfunding in general is that everyone bands together. So, you know, any success on the platform is success for everybody. So, you know, so, yeah, we've had some great we had a great first week. And, you know, I'm happy that I'm able to then take some of that shine and put it to other campaigns. And hopefully they're having great weeks as well. Um, but in terms of like scheduling, uh, I, I will also say I felt like this in general was a slower week on Kickstarter than some other weeks. And I think that was partially because one of the things that you can't control on Kickstarter is what other projects launch the same time as you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and when other big projects like huge projects come in, they bring in a lot of backers and there weren't many of those that launched this week. Well, there were a lot that launched last week. 
Um, so like, so I, I think, you know, it's important for us to go on and do the things we can to try to drum up awareness for all the campaigns that are on and be like, Hey, come check it out and see all these great comics. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, you mentioned, uh, you know, large projects and I think there was a Kickstarter reads or a Kickstarter tweet about how much, uh, how many other, uh, projects got backed because Brandon Sanderson brought so many people to the platform with, you know, his, his four novel launch, you know, it was, you know, it's, I still think it's true, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats and that's kind of, you're right why we're here. Now, even a quarter of them, like those backers of even if like that many are like comic, you know, readers as well, like that's great for our community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing but positive when people bring in the kicks, bring people into the platform and then deliver a good product. It's as long as they deliver that good product, that's, it's a great thing for us. And I, I don't have any problem. I'm, a little bit jealous of somebody raising $44 million, but that jealousy is like, oh, he's been writing for decades and building I mean, this fan base. Also, who wants that kind of headache? You're responsible for all that money. I you want that fucking headache, man. Me, you, know? <laughs> you can give me all the $44 million headaches you want to give me. I, I will also say it's been, you know, like, like I said, we had a great first week. And it's easy to sort of like, oh, my goodness, look at me. Like, I'm doing this. And my wife would have our campaign open and the Sanderson campaign open. And she'd be like, so you think you're doing well? Let me show you what good Kickstarter is. So, you know, it's, it's like it's, it's always a matter of perspective and keeping you in your place. And, I, you know, it's, it's good to have plenty of people around you. Like, yeah, check that out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start our deep dives into, into the uh, campaigns. Um, you know what, Rob? I'm going to ask you to go first because you've had your three monsters, but you never know when the <laughs> caffeine crash is going to happen. And you, you've been talking all day, so I want to get you while you're still awake and still have a voice. Sounds so good. I'm going to pull up Nightwing. Uh, one, uh, Nightwing. Oh, my God. Nightwolf one through six. I was pushing Nightwing. I'm pretty sure I'd have more. <laughs> or I'd have a lawsuit. I don't know either. Or, <laughs> or both. Especially a not safe for work Nightwing cover. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it would sell. It would sell. It'd bring in a whole new term to Dick Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so where do we have our heroes as Nightwolf Six starts, Rob? So this is um, this takes place right after. Um, five where they're doing the training montage in the uh, Appalachian mountains. And um, basically it's also kind of like where um, you see Lord Malice trying to uh, keep, continue to sway uh, Jennifer to his side. And um, so he's also sending now that they're aware of where, um, where Nightwolf and Snowpaw are at the moment, um, they start sending forces in and separate the two um, in the, it, to be able to kind of like take them on one at a time without, you know, her, without Snowpaw being able to come to his aid and, um, you know, kind of like, there's a lot of um, sleight of hand, if you will, in this issue uh, that you, you think it's one thing, but it'll end up being another. And, um, and we introduce a new uh, female vampire into the uh, mix as well. 
One of the thing I love about the the entire thing is kind of like everything is on the table with night. Well, werewolves, vampires. Um, you've got kind of uh, tech based heroes uh, that Snowpaw works with. Mm-hmm. How, is there any monster that's off the table, or is this? you know, anything could happen in your company. Well, I, I think it's anything can happen. Um, I, you know, like in, in my universe, it's, you know, it, there's just anything can happen. Everything goes, people don't see it, but once their eyes are open to it, you're like, holy shit, it's there, you know, kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like similar, like to like the scene here, the massacre at the school dance. It's like, they had no idea what was going on. And then once it, you know, shit hit the fan, literally shit hit the fan. <laughs> um as you can see in that scene (laughs) you know Um, you you are not shy about body counts that's what i've always said to you (laughs) well that's that and it's funny too because like um that wedding scene at the beginning uh well there's a wedding scene at the beginning of issue six and there is definitely a body pile up there and so like that that um cover that cv uh zane did for me um, I call it the red wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've got uh, with issue six here. You you've got your hardcover and trade for the first four issues, right? And then mm-hmm. you have a single issue for five and a single issue for six. Are you going to kind of stick with like four issue arcs and collect them that way, or? Yeah. So um, there's really there's uh, there's twelve issues written for this particular um, story arc, um, but it's kind of broken into like chunks in a manner so like i felt like four issues for per volume um was a nice number and so the second volume will come out after issue eight has been published and um but yeah for so the way i do things here like i i lay out the single issues like for the catch-up tiers and this but if they um want to grab just issue six and then go into the add-ons. They can grab the trades for issues one through four and then get issue five as well um, to kind of fill in that. So I, I give them different options, ways to, to be able to um, pick things up. And if they want to get like the single issues of, um, you know, mis- mix match um, one through four, I also like note in my add-on section that, you know, more add-ons will be available in Backer Kit after the campaign's over. Do you warn them that if they get the single issues, they don't get the four-page inserts by the world's greatest writer, uh, Travis Gibb? So humble are we. (laughs) Uh, I I do actually, I I say, um, not so much here particularly, but I do, in the description of the trades, I say that there's additional six pages of story and um, extra uh, prints and stuff. But at cons... You know, the same thing like when i'm talking about the single issues and then i that's like my next go-to is the point to um the trades and i say there's 16 additional you know stories by you know great you know other writers that i'm friends with and you know kind of give them the spiel and say you know between like you know obviously with you with tart and you know travis with um you know his productions with cthulhu and um you know his um voodoo nations i thought was a great book by him and um and then i talk about you know tyler and comics tribe and madeline yeah yeah you know, with her um boston metaphysical society is another great um series but um so when i you know i do talk about that i talk about the i, I get basically instead of handing them a single floppy anymore i have an open um hardcover with a die cut i hand them that 
and let them look through that. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like that. That's almost like, you know, they're putting that weight in their hands and feeling that, like how, you know, heavy and thick that book is. Um, oftentimes it'll, it, it works to sell to that. But then, you know, the people, then like most people I find at these cons or like through my campaigns are single issue people like I am. Like I prefer a good single issue, but don't get me wrong. If there's a gorgeous looking like, you know, trade, I'll pick that up too. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I have, I have, I picked up the trade um, and all the single issues of white <laughs> as things have gone on. <laughs> you know, there's something elegant about a, 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 a collection with a hardcover. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't think to bring out, but yeah, you have the die cut, which is just gorgeous as well. Mm-hmm. But like, there is something elegant about saying here, if, if you're, if you want something on your bookcase, here's what you have. But if you just mm-hmm. like it in your, in your long box do you have a preference or is as long as they're bringing one of your stories home um i think whatever's best for them um i'm kind of like i said i'd like to be able to keep it where they have options um because i want to cater to their interests i don't want to force one or the other like today i've had i had a couple who were like primarily graphic novel trade paperback readers only so they only picked up the trades um and I wasn't going to force them to say, oh, no, you should get issue five, too, because then you'll right. continue the story. I'm like, no, man, here, sign up for the email list. And when the second volume comes out, then you, you, know, you can get it when it comes out. And I even mentioned to them, too, that like once volume three comes out, I plan on during that campaign having a slipcase mm-hmm. um, where they can slide all three volumes in um, because that that uh, the way the volumes are going to work together is there's a long. So um, for the hard cover there's a large, like kind of like a stone looking carving where there's like a big battle scene with the werewolves and each, um, there's going to be claw marks on each one revealing the three different werewolves in the story. Hmm. Um, you know, just, it's all like planned out and tied together. I just can't wait till it all happens. <laughs> well, um, who, uh, who's the rest of your team on the book? I mean, you're, you're doing the writing, right? And yeah. um, so my full-time team, um, my illustrator is Carlos Herrera. Um, he also does colors as well, but um, he, he does just the illustration for the interiors. Um, he, he colors his own um, covers. And then Gat Melvin is my um, colorist as well. Wait, I'm confused. He, Carlos, colors himself, but then you said you have a colorist, or what did I miss there? Uh, Carlos, he colors his covers. He colors he his does, covers, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but he only does the interior uh, line art. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, right. does. Yeah. All right. Only. And I you love That's good when you're talking about artists. <laughs> yeah. right. I only do that part. I agree. Like the people who only do line art. So go on. Sorry, <laughs> just, just, like writer, just like writers are only the writers, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we actually are only the writers. I mean, come on. We really are. <laughs> I would love her. I letter my book. That's true. Oh, okay. That's what I was going to Who's the letter um, on the book, Rob? What's that? <laughs> Who's the letter? Oh, yeah. on, the book, on this book, it's me. On uh, Snowpaw, it is Dave Lentz. <laughs> I have to give credit where credit's due there. Uh, Dave does an amazing job. For uh, So why did you make that choice? So there's two reasons. One, um, it was I came down to a timing thing before Snowpaw launched. And the other was that Snowpaw, I felt like I wrote that like more recently. And I feel like I'm a little more of a mature writer than when I wrote Nightwolf all those years ago. So as I'm lettering, there's actually edits being made 
when I'm putting the book. So, you know, there might be something where I'm like, oh, man, that was terrible. Let me fix that. <laughs> uh, where a snowplow was like recent and it's been, uh, you know, approved and ready to go and it's handed off. So I don't have to really worry about that. It's I could just walk away, read it when he, wherever he's done, you know. Whereas, like I said, Nightwolf, um, <clears throat> Carlos is able to, like, you know, pretty much capture the scene. Even if it's like a dialogue change, often I'm like, mm, you know, I, I, I kind of make that last minute edit. And, and try, sometimes there's a there's a he does an artistic change that sometimes also has to change my dialogue a little bit. So I kind of make those calls on the fly and then just have my editor kind of relook at it like, you know, at the very end. Right. Cool. Awesome. And you're you're known. Oh, sorry. You're known for your variant covers in your Kickstarter. So who do you have this this campaign and what do you have going on? Right on. Uh, so for this campaign, um, CB Zane, as we mentioned, uh, he did the uh, the one with the wedding scene, um, and then we have um, Chris Enot. Uh, he is he did the, did the Black Claw and Snowpaw variant. Um, then we have um, William Russell, who uh, the, he did like the close up like um, headshot of the female vampire, and then we ha also have a um, a Really, uh, we have a two-shot of the female vampire in a more risque version and a non-safe-for-work version by Lena Day, who does, um, she works for uh, Ron Z over at uh, Mount Olympics, Olympus Co Comics there. Um, and he, I actually, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, would you mind if I approach her? And he's like, oh, no, here's, the, thank you for asking. Here's her, here's her email address. <laughs> and he's like, by the way, I have a few others that I want to keep employed as well. Do you want them to? And I'm like, later. <laughs> no, it's, it's smart to ask, but it is smart to, you know, have have your artists that you work with work with others and builds their mm -hmm. platform. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Rob sent me a message today saying that you know, one of the covers that Ludo uh, did for uh, Nightwolf 5 sold, you know, oh, yeah. and, and so that's that's great for Rob. It's great for Ludo. It's great for me. If they, if they love that cover, maybe they'll look up what has Ludo done. And in comics in America, I get to, you know, hitch my wagon to that. So it's, it's great. Um, want to make sure we get to every, everybody. So let's, uh, let's look at. So before we transition, oh, I do yes. want to give credit to this guy down here for one of the best uh, variant covers that I do have. Uh, get, that get, get on it. Yeah, so the honor, yeah, he um, graciously did a cover for me for, me for issue four, and um, that's one of our, you know my better covers. I feel, and you know, I've, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. I mean, you know, like this guy, like we met, you know, in Philadelphia, and we had a great, you know, great time at that, that con. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was, yeah. We definitely have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, is, is, Keystone, I suppose, is on this year again, uh, right? Is it? I, I don't I know. know. I haven't, I haven't heard, heard anything from them yet. But I, w I was going to actually try and do um, Steel City Con, like you were oh. suggesting all those years ago. Now, nice. I mean, I wasn't sure if it was going to be open, um, you know, again. So well, yeah, driving. Yeah. You've got two more days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was I had this conversation about, about like, yeah, like last week. He's like, oh, yeah, I should do that one. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in the Pittsburgh area, this, this is like the one for Pittsburgh. I mean, there's a growing one called Three Rivers that I'm doing in June. But, yeah, the, okay. the Steel City is – has been picking up and I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you could just, if you would reach out to them, they probably would be like, Oh yeah, you could be guests spring, come on in, you know, kind of situation. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather like go through the get, get a proper table and so forth. Like, <laughs> hey, I'll, you I'll do it next year, it's fine. Yeah. Or hey, we can get <laughs> tables together, it's all good. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I, I saw if, chips. Oh, go go ahead. Will. If we're throwing love toward Connor, Connor did an amazing variant cover for crossover division number one. So thank you again for that. No, thank you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Also, you know, they're all fun. It's it's fun to be able to be able to play in everybody's universe. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess I guess I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I guess I have to say you did one for Tart. So, uh, or, or or I'm the dickhead. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, you know, I've not, asked Connor to do, I've not asked Connor to do a cover for me, so I'm really the bad guy. In this yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we tie the room all together. Like, so we have like that cross promo from uh, Carlos with Tart and, and now with Wayne. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So Carlos is also played at everybody's universe, and, and so is Connor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. It's Carlos' lovely. cover came out really fantastic. Sorry, sorry to interrupt yeah. there. No, it's great. It's it's just great to have. Everybody's everybody gets to play with with each other's characters and also get introduced to each other's uh, audiences, which is just a beautiful thing. And and you know, I made the joke about the four pages. Rob, you got you let me play in your sandbox with your toys for your hardcover, and that was just it was fun. And I'm proud to be in. I'm proud to be in your hardcover. It was your story. I mean, Rob said. All right, he's here. These are the characters, and this is I need the characters to get from here to here in the four pages. I got to figure out how they got from A to A to Z, but but it was your story and it was fun to play. So it's uh, yeah, but you came up with such a great idea and how you presented that. I, I was very like honored to have you, and it was just as a fan too, like to be able to read that. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let's, I'm a fan of sacrifice and we got to get Lawrence, uh, yeah. uh, monster, uh, uh, creation up here. So where are we at after sacrifice to Laurent? So in the middle of issue two, you kind of meet like all of the main characters and, uh, issue two focuses on, uh, Damien and uh, one of the other characters, Axel, finding out, like, hey, what's this, uh, what's this evil cult doing? We need, we need to figure this out. And the other two characters, one of them being vampires, they kind of had to wait around for a bit for the sun to go down. They're like, all right, we're, we're going to find out what's the deal with this spell book that you see in issue one and what makes it so special. So issue three, which you see in part of the preview pages, does show a bit of, like, part of the cult plan like you're starting to piece things together as the story goes on and then a big chunk of it is finding out about the spell book and then well kind of just naturally progressing with how the story is going and this is basically um after hell has kind of broken through to the earth but not before lucifer can come correct uh not before what sorry i couldn't hear last word well it's sort of like um Sacrifice one starts with the 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 quote unquote sacrifice should bring Lucifer to Earth, but they don't yeah. finish. Uh, but there's still a, a shit ton of apocalyptic things on Earth. How many human survivors are there in your world? So that's the thing. Um, the world is mostly like normal, like the way me and you see it. Demons, because like the you know presence of angels here. And they're, they they can be killed by conventional means. Most of them, which you see in the first issue, is like there's types of jewelry they wear, which camouflage them. They they appear as regular people until they take that off, and then you see like what they actually are. So for the modern man, like 
people don't know about the stuff. Everything as far as magic and demons and all that is pretty hidden in plain sight. Um, it wasn't until you get into certain areas where, like, hey, no one's around uh, that you see what they truly are. I have now, to go you, figure uh, out what my dog's barking at. I will be right back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, if I remember right, you design most of the the demons, and they're all different and just insane <laughs> okay, so I, I love the demons in your book they're amazing <laughs> thank you uh so it's uh it is collaboration a lot of it between myself and my art some of them like i'll uh i'll have certain aspects that like some of them will be things i've actually seen like i've had i have vivid dreams all the time a lot of nightmares to the point where i like i kind of got used to it but a lot of them will come from that or uh ideas that i've had I'm like hey this would work really well like there was a demon in the first issue that I remember. It's like Frankenstein concepts that I really liked. Like it's a four like legged thing that crawls around in my mind. Part is like all right, the dog hawk type thing, but instead of like how it works with like mechanical legs, I imagine like these type of bone things. Uh, like this open chest that has like uh, like tentacles come out. Like a lot of things I kind of piled together. It's like I feel like this would work for like some type of monster. I've always just liked thinking up type designs like that. And my artist like knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Where like, do you, like, have a very clear idea, or do you have kind of, like, a concept that you sketch out and refine when you design them? Oh, I can't sketch anything. Uh, <laughs> well, well, there's one thing. I, I actually have art in my book, in uh, the second issue. The the reveal of all the main characters, heroes, villains, all that, is something I drew, which, um, I mean, it, that's in there for a comedic effect, because it is a horror comedy series, but a lot of it is, I talk to my artist and a lot of it comes down to like sending reference pictures because he's from Taiwan so like there is a bit of a language barrier we, we usually work through it, but a lot of times I'm like hey I'll think of the closest thing to what I'm thinking of and send a picture to him it's like this is this part of it that I'm thinking about and we work that until we get either close to like hey this is what I was talking about or oh that ended up being a little bit better than what I was imagining um, but he's definitely like we got in the scenes where like there's just more and more demons in it and he's been taking like the rain with a lot of them like thank god because it's a lot to try and like think of like a bunch of unique stuff but he's getting yeah. he's getting a real talent for it and i'm uh I'm glad he's able to do that gotcha now you, you've mentioned your artist who who's the who's with you on the book here who's the rest of the team so the artist is a guy named uh uj chen um he's like me or he's like early in his journey um wanting to break into comics uh, if each Sean and sorry is a colorist, um, he's in uh, where is he? He's in Malaysia. Well, wow, where is he from again? Indonesia, it looks like. <laughs> Indonesia, thank you. Yeah, I, was like, I know it's somewhere over there. It was not landing with me. Um, and he, you know, he's been on since issue one as well. And there's Lucas Catoni. He. I picked him up a bit late, but he still was on issue one. He was great. And then uh, I actually hired an editor for issue three because I was tired of like combing over my issues like a ton of times. And then the moment I put out, someone was like, there's one spelling error. And I like <laughs> lose my mind. Um, so uh, Nicole D'Andrea. That's Andrea, the I earlier on, right? I could say. Huh? <laughs> I need to catch all these spelling errors. If you missed it, that's on Charlie. I mean, if you only had one, that's actually pretty good. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It that's was... also, that's very impressive. <laughs> it was one in times. issue one and one in issue two and i was so proud at first i was like yeah I'm, I've, I've combed over this a million times there's no way there's anything 
and then within a day, like, you know, one of my friends who like who bodies like, hey, man, this is great. There's one area you put. Uh, what was it? I think I put the word butt twice somewhere. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I missed a lot, but I got better. back here for the second butt. <laughs> Nicole's great, though. Uh, I, I also you know, I, I work with Nicole on, on different things, and she's also looking over white ash a little bit, too. As much as I would like to throw it to Mick, uh, I don't know if that's probably the best thing to do. So I, I get someone who knows what they're doing to actually look. Things up. So. She's been a she's been a joy to work with. Um, I never really like, worked with an editor before. I didn't know what it was going to be like, and I was like, okay. I mean, I'm tired of making mistakes, and it's actually on the show. Uh, I think Blake McCarthy, uh, the writer of Territory. It was him and Kevin who were talking about her. I was like, okay, well. Two people I trust, you know, I'm friends with Vouch for her, so I'll, I'll reach out, and she's been nothing but pleasant. Awesome. Now, uh, this is the third issue. I assume you still have, um, you know, catch-up tiers so that they can get the first and second issue for to get the whole story, right? Yes. Awesome. It's, uh, been, it's been a pretty sweet ride so far. I've been... Uh, very happy. I, I did not expect the turnout I got. I'm I'm very happy with all the support I have, and just you know looking forward to you know seeing new faces. Hopefully, cons. And my own my own first cons gonna be in a few months, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, cool. And Where I, uh, are you? What part of the country are you in? So I'm in Florida, uh, Tampa Bay specifically, and uh, <laughs> Orlando MegaCon is the con I'm. I, I put in my submission for it, but they haven't told anyone like, hey, for sure you're in, you're not. So I mean, I, I put in for like a month ago and seeing if I can get you know make it there. How many issues are you doing, uh, or is it just ongoing? So that I kind of have up in the air. Where I have a couple of logical places I could end it. If it's doing really well, I can go on for a little bit longer. But bare minimum, I want to get to twelve issues. Like I I can end the story at twelve if I want to, or if it's like hey you know this is going I can explore some of the other ideas I had. Nice. I, I personally think as somebody who's back to your first two, you're you're saying like you're happy that people came out. Well, I think you've earned it because the books are good. You're delivering on time and, you know, they come in a beautiful like they're packaged beautifully. So like you're doing everything right and you're building upon your success by delivering a good book on time that feels good in your hands. So I I think you can expect people to come out like this, but it always still feels good when people come out, even even if you feel like you've done the work. <laughs> yeah, and, and, sorry. And and uh, you, you said you're breaking into comics. Uh, sorry, that ship has sailed, man. You have broken in. <laughs> you're printed. You have sent to people's houses. You are in it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. I I usually don't know what to think about it because like it, it's really surreal. Like I'm like, hey, I make. I make dumb Bigfoot jokes in my <laughs> in my books from here town that people seem to laugh at, and then I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just it's really humbling. I'm I'm just very happy with everything I had so far. I, it, from this time last year, when I was planning my first Kickstarter and hoping I'd even get to a couple issues, I didn't know how the support would be. To here now, where people like myself, and I'm I'm just happy. At, at the very least, I'm happy about that. Like it, that's. That puts a smile on my face. I'm glad I'm bring something to people that they enjoy. Definitely, it, it's a it's a good book, and I'm I'm excited to for you to get to at least twelve. And if if that's where you decide to end it, that's great. But 
you know, hopefully you're having enough uh, interest at that point to go on to whatever, whatever comes after. So um, let's get to white ash. We've got, um, you know, like we, we, we joke about Charlie because everybody, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people come on and say, yeah, I, I, I didn't think I could do this. And then Charlie Stickney told me I should, and I have a career. And, you know, like, so Charlie, uh, as we usually mess with you, but when you're here, why don't we, we be uh, sincere? Um, where did the idea for White Ash come? How did you find Connor? And Connor, what did you think when you guys first started talking about this um, fantasy comic about a town filled with secrets? So, uh, I, I, I'll go real quick and then because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, as Danny said earlier in the chat, you know, I've been everywhere this week. I think one <laughs> of the great things is that, um, you know, tonight I, I've got Connor who's uh, staying up late to be here on the show uh, and, and, and Nick is here. Um, and and you know, it's, it's, it's really great when you can have amazing collaborators who work with you, who will even come on the show to promote these books with you. Um, and, and that for me is my favorite part. Um, of the journey that I've gone on is that I've gotten to meet these amazing people who, who work with me. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but, but really quickly, um, you know, it, the core idea, uh, I'll just, you know, it, it, I was watching a movie and like, you look at the core relationship between the two characters and, and maybe I'll just spoil it cause it's been out forever and it's in the chat, but it's, it's like, it's, it's a grounded fantasy about a guy who finds out he comes from a family of dwarves. And the girl he's fallen in love with comes from a family of elves. And um, it's set in our, t- you know, it's set in rural Pennsylvania. So it's, it's, you know, what it's really about is it's about a young guy who, you know, is about to go off to college because he doesn't want to be what his father was, which is a coal miner. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't want any of that. I want to go forge my own legacy. But then he finds out his dad's legacy isn't quite as simple as he thought it was, as we all do. When we find out, you know, who we think our parents are isn't exactly who, you know, who they are. And then how much that actually influences who we're going to become. Um, and so then you have to weigh how much of that from the past do I want to make into who I am going forward and how much do I want to forge my own path. So that's what the whole first arc is kind of about. It's about that moment when you're in your you know, your late teens, early 20s, when you have to define yourself as a person. But it's through this lens of a town set in, you know, in, in coal mining country in Pennsylvania and about a guy who finds out he's you know, half a dwarf. Um, so like, you know, like that's like, there's a lot more going on there. Um, and, and when I set out to make this, uh, I basically just cast a wide net uh, on the internet, you know, because obviously the internet is the safest place to go looking for mm-hmm. friends. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, and, and because I was offering these friends, these new friends money, I had lots <laughs> of these new friends be like, Hey, we'd love to be your friend and work with you on this project. Uh, and, and, and so then, um, I went through all of those friends and I decided Connor was going to be the best friend. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then, and then I quickly realized I was going to add other friends to the team too. So it became Connor yeah. and then there was Finn Cram and then we, we invited Nick to come play too. So it's, it's just really just been this wonderful collaboration. And I am so lucky as a creator, um, to have this team. And to have the kind of response that we've had, which has let us keep building the team, building the universe and bringing more people in and, um, you know, getting to, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, get, getting to, um, you know, just, just keep building the world, building what we're doing 
and uh, keep doing it. So, but I'll throw it over to Connor and he can tell you how crazy it is to, to, you know, to do this with me. And then Mick can explain why he would, you know, fathom getting involved with the two of us, which <laughs> I still don't understand. So. Well, to answer also the, the question initially posed, which was the, um, you know, what did I think about the story first? You know, what really caught me about uh, Charlie's writing is the fact that the story uh, functions on so many levels, like, and it's so, so like structurally sound that, you know, you could take out any, any of the elements and the story still works because the characters, the characters are all there and whether they're an elf or dwarf or whether they're coal miner or, uh, or, or like a capitalist, a gilded age capitalist type person, you know, it still works. And and that's what's so great about, I think, what Charlie does with White Ash. And um, and and so so what I, what I that's what I really liked about because I think what also drew possibly Charlie to my work was was also the storytelling or or was the was the um, the emphasis on that kind of the aspect of it to make it sure it's solid and readable. And I think in a similar way, I think. Charlie's writing also featured has has those features as well. So I think in that in that regard, you know, I think we're a match. Like as much as I can be a match for Charlie, I think I, I that is a match there. Yeah, it was, yeah, just to just to quickly gush about Connor, because you know, we should all gush about Connor, even if you're mm -hmm. using him for variant covers, and you know we need to bring in other artists to finish the book because of that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think uh, I, I think. Um, you know, his storytelling is is so solid. Uh, and when I was like, I also come from a background where I worked in animation. So one of my oldest friends is an animation director who does storyboards for a lot of the biggest animated things that you see. And he was looking over, you know, all of these with me when I had narrowed it down to about 15. And he was basically just like, throw all these others out. Who is this guy? He's like, he's your friend. Like this, this is the one that you want to you know, start a relationship with, you know, get into bed with quickly. So, um, you know, and that was from someone, again, who at that point was doing you know big shows and he could immediately see just how clean connor's storytelling was and as a writer i think that's what we all want you know mm -hmm. it's great if you have the sizzle or or the stylistic appeal that you know brings in the fans but as writers we just want someone who can tell our story and that you know was what initially said to me you know let's let's do this together personally when i see connor's work what what works for me is the sexiness of both Alec and Lillian with it never like going to a point where I feel like there it's, it's been pushed to a, to a gaze, you know, like Alec standing there with his shirt off. He looks awesome. He looks great. Like, yeah, I want to look like him. And, you know, you see uh, Lillian, you're like, Oh yeah, she's sexy, but it, it never feels like, um, maybe the camera was put on the ground so that Lillian can walk over it. Um, and, and so that's Which what I've always Which at times felt. is a useful trick. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say this, because this is like a little bit of a white ash behind the scenes. So I, I was like, yeah, I, I want this Connor guy, but I'm not sure if he can draw sexy. <laughs> <laughs> right like like like, like this, this is like what i was looking at connor's early work and like we we're like this is back like 2016 i was like his storytelling is so good but the book's got to have a little sex appeal so we had uh -huh. a little back and forth where he's like i can do sexy i just don't usually do sexy i was like <laughs> I, I think we need to find like a little sexy in there and so we're going back and forth and of course now like 
people come to Connor sometimes for the sexy. So, you know, it's, it's the evolution of, uh, that I take full responsibility for, you know, before that, you know, Connor didn't understand what sex was, but now he is the master of sex because of me. You also take credit for that, Charlie. Uh, you take full credit, like Kevin and I take credit for all of your success after this show, right? Yes. You guys know that, right? Yeah. Oh, and, and like and on, the, on Connor's point earlier, I think everyone here should be asking for guest spots at, a, at, at conventions. The worst they can do is say no. But mm -hmm. everyone up here who has done books, you've done books. People are buying your stuff. You are worthy guests. Especially Connor, who, you know, like, because you continually say things like, ah, I need to, no, no, have them throw, you know, throw the, the roses at you and, and lay it down. <laughs> Go be a guest where, you know, someone carries you on the shoulders and says, you know, buy this guy's stuff. That's what we all want. So, you know, take it if they'll give it to you. Well, let's let's show some of this sexy Connor art and a little bit of mix art. Before I go on the page, Mick, you're doing some some illustrations on White Ash now. Um, how did you get uh, corralled onto uh, this book? So, like, pretty much anytime Charlie asks me a question, I just immediately answer yes because, like, I'm waiting for that question to be, "Do you want to draw for me?" And I'm just like, "Whatever it is, yes, I'm in." Like, don't finish your sales pitch. Just yes, I'm already there. Uh, so this time I said yes, and he did actually want me to draw for him. So I was like, "Fuck, now it's too late. I can't take it back." Uh -huh. uh, but I mean, like, I met. Uh, I met Charlie and Connor online. Again, we've discussed the safest mm -hmm. of places. Uh -huh. uh, and I started watching Connor's stream frequently on Twitch. Uh, I met Charlie through there. We talked back and forth. Like, as I've said before, Charlie then, like, pushed me into, like, this, you know, Kickstarter journey. And it was, like, committing to that and drawing at the same time with Connor that I feel like leveled my art up from like uh well-intentioned amateur to like oh shit I can actually do this and like people will buy these books from me uh that's kind of feel great right it does it's like I kind of get what you're saying about like uh you know will people still want to buy this from me in 12 issues like do I have a career here like the imposter syndrome never goes away. And it's what, like, this campaign is, you know, a third of the way in on White Ash. And, like, I still refer to it as Charlie and Connor's campaign. And Charlie's like, but you're here, too. I'm like, but that was a mistake. No one expected <laughs> me to be here. <laughs> you know, like, eventually I'll say, like, oh, I'm a part of this campaign. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, you can say that when you come fly out to help fulfill it. Just, uh, you know, like. Just oh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I'm busy that week. <laughs> that month, uh, you mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think uh, the first thing we need to do is we need to get him to shill it on his Twitch. Then then he can maybe shill it at San Diego. Oh, that's true, yeah. I have a terrible time. Like, I wrote my own books on Twitch. Uh, but, like, I just, I always knew, like, I respect them so much as creators and as like mentors, both of them, both like artistically, you know, writerly, businessly, like really between the two of them, you get the whole, the whole gamut. And uh, like, yeah, like when he asked me, I was like, I was kind of, I was shocked. Like, I mean, I'd already said yes, but uh, I didn't have, 
Like, this is a career highlight for me if I can, like, stop myself from gushing too much. Like, as a child, I always wanted to work on Superman books. When I started to draw my own books, it's like, I just want to work on my own stuff and be happy. And then Charlie asked me part of this project. It's like, nope, this is it. This is the peak of my career. I'm drawing this book and then I'm out. It's uh, I've got to retire after this. I can't beat this. I mean, okay, so you're you're scaling uh, you're scaling the highest mountain so far. I'll give you that. But this isn't the peak <laughs> yeah. of your career. You you have quite a bit of drawing left. No, I don't. Yeah, know that. I mean, you know, I just I put it all on the page out here, and you know, it's it's you gotta you gotta know when to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've got your Queen of Mars books, which are awesome, mm -hmm. by the way, from a fellow ERB fan, you know. Um, but also, you had your. Uh, your other series before that. Uh, oh, Rovers, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, I kickstarted Rovers uh, in 2018. And then it was too successful. And I decided to take a three-year break to refocus. <laughs> so I didn't kickstart my next book until 2021. And it was completely different. <laughs> All right, uh, so then Mick, the next time you come on, we're bringing a psychologist in. We're going to work <laughs> on this fear of success that you have. Um, but let's get into the campaign and show some of the, the beautiful artwork that we are uh, bragging about. Well, I, I think one of the great things about, um, you know, working with both Connor and Mick, and you, you can scroll through the campaign if, if, if you want, is that um, it's, it's always a different process. I think we, as writers, we, um, we get the benefit of getting to work with, um, you know, it, the more you do, the more artists you get to work with and you see what kind of things work, what kind of things you need to change in your scripts. Um, and, you know, working, I, I've, I've done like, I did a short with Mick too. Uh, the difference, you know, when I'm working with Mick is Mick writes a lot of his own stuff. So I want to, you know, make sure like it's like not that i want to defer anything to him but i want to give him a little bit more freedom there with connor i give connor so much freedom visually to go play but like when you're writing with someone who's also a writer you want to write to things that you know they like um and so like it's a, it's a little bit of a different headspace i mean you know and i'm sure like both of them approach what i do a little bit differently in terms of how they break it down as well um yeah because this is actually like only the fourth or fifth time i've drawn from someone else's script like the vast majority of what i draw is stuff i'm also writing and uh being involved in that process where i've received something that like it's my responsibility to faithfully relay this to a page but still you like not be afraid to offer my own suggestions on, uh, you know, beats or moments or pacing, whatever, uh, to try and, you know, put my own, I don't know, style into it. Like it's, it's both kind of, you know, terrifying and uh, exciting in a way that, you know, only drawing my own writing isn't and it's like it's i guess it's kind of like that you know editorial process like i love having an editor because that always makes the story stronger and like getting the script from charlie laying it out and be like well i did this because i thought it worked better this way and then he can either say yes or no because i need it set up this way for something later on and it's like i love that back and forth involved in the, the making of 
Right. And, and what's, what's also really interesting and, and I think fun about this is you know, we're doing a 64 page issue. It's the, the back half of the story is the one that Mick is uh, penciling and laying out. And then Connor is doing the finishing on it, which brings it a little bit back into the white ash style. So it, it's a nice synthesis hybrid of the two of them together where you get mixed layouts and designs. And then you have Connor's little flourishes, which which make it feel organic to the universe. But it's also a, a tale that takes place in the 1950s. It's a flashback where we're kind of expanding the universe. So it also feels good for it to be stylistically a little bit different. So it, it's I, I think people are really going to like what they've done there. Um, I, I mean, how have you guys liked working together, you know, with, like, with uh, penciling watching, Because that's like, different for both of you, right? Yeah, like, watching Connor ink it, and, like, there is art I didn't even know I put on the page when he brings it to life. It's like, <laughs> I did not see that when I penciled it, but, like, that is gorgeous and amazing, and, like, I could watch this all day. Uh, it's, yeah, it's fantastic to be, you know, that's part of, like, a creation team, but, like, an art team, where I've only done one small part of it, and then watching other people breathe, you know, like their own life and style into it is, is magical. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is also the first time I've inked someone else's work. So it's been very interesting. And I think it's actually, so it's, it's worthwhile doing, I think for probably any artist is, uh, is to link someone else's work. And cause you can learn a lot, uh, from how other people are thinking visually that you wouldn't necessarily do yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it's, that's been, that's been very like enriching, already so far in the process i'm currently looking at a double page spread here by mick you know laid out in a way that like i would you know personally i would never i would never do something like this like organically but seeing how mick's done it it's it's working really well it's been a lot of fun to ink um do you you guys have conversations about light sources or you know uh i'm not that good of a penciler um no, no, no. Mick, Mick's got a lot of a lot of in, in like uh, ideas about lighting that are like naturally there, either from his inks or like what or pencils rather, or suggested in the way he's like laying out the scene, which is often actually how I also I think this is partially how I pencil as well. It's not like I necessarily go in and lay out all the shadows. It's just like you know, there are certain concepts that the shot creates for for that that w- would make the lighting work that you imagine the scene once it gets colored working with and oftentimes Finn like picks up on those, on those hints as well. But then also you, you ink it in a certain way where, where the, that shadow that, that Mick's suggesting is like also there. So, you know, mm-hmm. don't let Mick undersell himself. <laughs> and he shouldn't because he was an awesome collaborator on the story that we did for, um, for nightmare yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that was, good. that was a lot of fun. I really, from what that. I'm learning, we should tell Mick he sucks. So he keeps drawing comics. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he succeeds, he stops. <laughs> You're terrible. Draw more. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I guess I will. Yeah, I was looking forward to vacation. You haven't reached the mountain top yet. You got a, you got a little more to go. I mean, you still have all those Deja Doris pages to go. So yeah, right. Man. They're so, coming out. They're coming out gorgeous. So this well, chapter, Oh, so go ahead, John. I was just going to say, like, listening to that uh, conversation about collaboration, I mean, I think that's what makes comics special when they're working. It's a synthesis where a new person comes in, like, you know, we do the the, Larry Doubt the Bones as the writers, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, the penciler is breathing life in, bringing, um, you know, the acting, that posing, bringing these characters in. But then there's the colorist who's going to bring in some more emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think when you hear, like, people talking about your work 
in that considered tone, that's what you want from collaborators. When you, you're listening to them go back and forth about how much they respect what the other is doing, that's what you want everyone on your team to be doing. And I think that's what I've been really lucky to have so far. And I, I know, I know, you, Kevin, you feel that way. And Rob, I'm guessing you feel that way. Um, I, I don't know about sacrifice. I assume you feel that way as well. Uh, you know, because I think like, but, in, but that's what that's what we all want. That's what we all aspire to. And so I just mm -hmm. I love hearing the two of them talk like that. Well, and it's interesting too, because uh, Connor, you letter the book as well, don't you? Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, not only are you there kind of at that first stage, you know, in the, where you've penciled it, or the second stage, where in, in this case, where you're inking Mick, but then after Finn lays down the colors, you come back and then, you know, guide the reader basically mm -hmm. through the panels, you know, because you're laying down the letters as well, which is really kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I, in general, what I like to do is I like to lay out um, the letters more or less as soon as possible when in the case when i'm when i'm penciling you know I'll, uh the first thing i do is i put put letters on the page because i like having the balloons uh there and i like that, including the the balloons as part of the design of the page um mm -hmm. you know that's how i was taught and that's what i like to do uh, and it, it helps inform the the writing and in this case uh, we we collaborated on some of the pages for to make sure that the lettering would work and then others we we could let go so you know i got to play a little bit after afterwards on most of them i'd say mm -hmm. yeah i'd say like that's the biggest hurdle for me on this project was uh learning how to draw when i wasn't lettering uh because it's like i would lay out a page and i think oh yeah there's clearly enough word there's clearly enough space for like what charlie has written here like not a problem and then Connor will come to me like, but where do you expect the balloons to go? And it's like, oh, I hadn't thought about the balloons. I just thought about the word. I'll tell you what, Mick, if, if, if you're not the only one. <laughs> this is not an unusual problem for a lot of people, I think. Because I've lettered, I lettered like a bunch of projects, you know, yeah. at the time. It's, it's, it's definitely a common thing. Like, I, I had to have that yeah. conversation with Carlos and with Mog. <laughs> well, you know, that, and that's interesting because I've, I've heard – that some letterers like the writer to go ahead and spot, you know, where they think the letters should go. Whereas the, I mean, most of the letters I've worked with are like, you know, I, I you guys are the artists. I'm, I'm out. You, you do your thing because <laughs> I, I can't. All right. <laughs> I mean, is that, uh, I mean, Charlie would, would, do, do you spot, did you start out spotting or did you just leave it to Connor because he's awesome and, and leave it to Mick because he's awesome. No, I mean, like, I, I, I personally, um, I, I leave it to Connor. And then if I have some specific note, I'll, I'll, I'll come in. And I think um, what's really nice is I think working together over a period of time, you both, you know, you learn what each other likes. And every now and then I'll suggest something. Like, when I see him laying it out, I would have originally had some idea in my head. And I'll learn something from that. And then hopefully every now and then I give him a little tidbit that he thinks about too. But I think, so I think, you know, we organically, we've gotten better at it as we've gone along for lettering for white ash specifically, but he also can do, you know, Glarian. And it's, it's easy for me as we're building the universe because I know I have Connor there to help. Um, so that's always a great thing to have in your back pocket when you have a collaborator who can come in on another project and, and make it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then what's great about Glarin is I get to expand sort of the, the lettering, um, the lettering tools that are available within the White Ash universe because I consider them all to be um, within the same style of the White Ash universe. Like if I, if we if we suddenly did like a sci-fi comic, 
you know, I wouldn't be using the same kind of, um, you know, fonts or the same kind mm -hmm. of style of lettering necessarily. You know, I'd probably change it up. But because all of this is happening in the Wyash universe, I sort of like get to um, get to expand that in the case of Glarian because, you know. Well, it's... like the lettering you did for how I slept my way through college, like, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Like, thanks. Yeah, I changed it up for that one, too. Like, don't yeah. have borders at all. And it's like it feels so organically a part of the art like not just the lines but like the colors as well like it seems seamless with what everything else is going on with the page even though you weren't involved with any of those processes thanks yeah i think i think but that's part of the job of the letterer is to integrate yourself into into whatever art you know into whatever it's not it's not about page. putting the letters on the page it's about putting the ideas <laughs> of the letters on the page <laughs> well, it makes gonna... making a callback to a classic uh, quote from me <laughs> Which, what, what was it like you got to feel the grass or something like yeah it was the grass it was, it was like such a garbage question that i was making yeah. but, uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna paraphrase dc hopkins very very badly i believe but he, he told me once that he does he doesn't letter for the comic he tries to create art with his letters that match the art that's on the page. So he just yep. kind of like camouflages his lettering to the page. So if it's Ludo, he would letter one way. If it was Mick, he would letter another way. If it's Connor, he would letter another way. If it's Carlos, he'd letter another way. Just to make everybody, each book feel like one organic as if there was only one creator, even though there's a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer. And I thought that was a really interesting way to talk about it that I hadn't heard someone else say it that way. But then I hear that you you talking about that with how I slept my way through college. It's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can't wait to see the lettering on it now. Where's my book, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, on uh, <laughs> it's on a palette. Didn't you hear it? It's moving to Charlie. <laughs> Nick is flying out to help him. Uh, yeah, fly. I got my ticket. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, what, what example? Uh, you could even take that even further. Uh, there's this one book called A Serious Polyp where every single character has its own, yeah. uh, has their own font and have their own text. And so, every, you know, and every every their, their dialogue shows like what kind of character they are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it works for that story, it can work for like guess other things too. Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm a huge Sandman fan, so every endless having their own font is something that I, you know, kind of probably am annoying to DC about. You know, this is <laughs> this type of monster might have its own way to talk, and if you want to do that, go ahead. And half the time he, he'll do something totally unique, and then half the time he's probably like, "Kevin, I'm busy. Come on, dude." Well, you know, but that was that was back in you know what the you know '80s, '90s when those were all hand lettered, right? That yeah. wasn't you know digital lettering like you know like they do now. I think mean, was that Todd Klein? Am yeah. I Todd Klein, right? yeah. 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 I mean, I, I cannot imagine you know getting a page of art. And then having to touch it and put letters on it, you know, in a permanent manner. That would just freak me out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Good morning, Wedge. I think a lot of it was done with overlays, though. If if if, uh, if I remember correctly, they would they would letter on an overlay, and that that would be a sheet that they would stat on, maybe yeah. cut out, and then paste, 
um, way back in the day, I, in like the, the 90s, I spent <laughs> a summer at Marvel interning there. Um, and uh, like they were still doing some of that and also the hand coloring of the books, right? Where they actually had the colorist and they would do the coloring and they would paint it. And then they would have to write all the numbers for someone to separate so they knew what the different inks were for the different things and someone would have to make it. it was, you know, it's nice to be able to do, you know, back in the day for, we would have to have an, be all in the same room to do this too, right? right. And we have to sell tickets and have people watching us uh, <laughs> talk about comics. And we'd have to be naked. Oh, wait. <laughs> that may have been a nightmare. Ignore that. That's, that's how Terry Jones wrote. That's not how comics have to be made. <laughs> It gives new meaning to the Marvel bull, bullpen. <laughs> I met, uh, there was kind of a, a, a almost a celebrity down here named Alan Bellman. He was one of, he, he did background art for some of the first uh, uh, Captain America comics. Like Captain America had been, you know, on for about a year. And I think, is it, was it Joe Simon? That yeah, and, and Kirby. Mm -hmm. and Kirby. I guess they, they, you know, they were still the quote unquote artists, but they wanted to get some backgrounds done and he got hired on it and kind of after about 10 years decided that there was more money and, and doing something else. So we got out, but at like 80 years old, he's got really into the con scene down here in South Florida and he'd go to everything and he was just sweet, sweet uh, old guy and his wife come in all red, white and blue and he'd take photos with you with the big action arms. But um Alan Bellman was saying that 20 years after he worked there, he went on the tour of, of the bullpen and Stan Lee literally screamed, is that Alan? Alan, get over here. And Alan came over <laughs> and he shook his hand and he went, I need three pages. You get it. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's so good to see you. <laughs> so, you know, true or not, because I'm n I never always knew what Alan was telling, whether it was a, a good story or a good story, but it was a good story. Yeah, yeah for sure. And like, I, I just see a, a thing, was there a bullpen when I entered? There still was a bullpen, but it was mostly, like I said, for lettering touch-ups, for art touch-ups, for, for some color work that was, uh, what was happening. But I, I'd say the highlight was um, one day, um, and I'm going to, Sergio Aragones, is, is that, I'm mm. going to, um, came in to the bullpen. Um, and he brought with him, um, he had the bootleg copy of the Corman Fantastic Four oh. um, that he brought in because no one had seen it. We had only all heard of it. And so he brought in his bootleg VHS. And so I watched that with him and the Marvel bullpen with him doing his own Mystery Science Theater 3000 version <laughs> of the Fantastic Four <laughs> Corman version, which was insane and amazing. Um, so like that's when you say bullpen and Marvel, that that's, you know, like that's my memory of, uh, you know, that was the highlight of, uh, the summer that I was there. Man, I thought so. you were going to say you brought in his original crew and that was, I was excited about that, but it <laughs> took a turn that was even better. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was an interesting time because that was also just the, the shift when image was starting to, uh, come out with some of their books. Um, and so Marvel was doing all those crazy foil covers and everyone there was like, oh, it used to be great here. I'm like, what are you telling me? Like, this is the best time ever because I was in college and I thought, like, I'm at Marvel and like, how could it be better than this? Um, and you know, and then like, 
two years later they went bankrupt. So that's probably <laughs> why it was not, you know, the best times there. Yes. Charlie but, interning bankrupt. I'm, yeah. Is there a pattern here? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say like, I mean, they seem to have done, I mean, I, I feel like I can say that because Marvel seems to have rebounded. Okay. Right. Yeah, like, like no one's worried about Marvel at this point anymore. Marvel, Marvel is an American comic book company, Connor. No, oh, I was lost there. I had to, I had to, I had to Google it here. Um, but uh, yeah. So, now it's owned by the mouse. Yes. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to to turn re real quickly to conventions. Rob was there today. I, you know, like numbers are, are are better than they've been and and you know dipping toes and Laurent, you're you're looking to do your first one um what are you most excited about Laurent, your your first comic convention what what do you what do you hope to happen and or what are you excited about uh well i should probably correct that it'd be my first major one i went to a really small one which was more of a learning experience than anything else um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I went with a buddy the one time before I took like a bunch of notes with him. He's like, Hey, here's some things I'd bring. It's like, do you usually have hand sanitizer wipes? I was like, no, he's like, bring them. Like, like a lot of stuff like that. I'm like, okay, you know, all my stacks, all, all the, all the stuff there. So just that I don't have a lot of expectations really like roll with the punches type of guy. I'll prepare myself as much as I think I need to be. And then whatever happens in this con, you know, I'll, I'll look at the good and bad and see what I can do to fix it for the next time. And I don't, know, I don't really know what to expect is uh, like, cause Orlando Megacon is like one of the biggest ones in the state. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, uh, I'm excited for the experience. That's all, all I can really say. I, uh, my first ever day at Supercon, I kind of had somebody whispering in my ear, all these uh, incredible things and uh, like, People were gonna go ecstatic and crazy, and I was there for eight hours, and we sold two tart trade trade paperbacks on a Thursday, which I now know on on the first day of a four day con on a Thursday, even selling two books is like that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but I literally walked out and I said to myself, "Oh, I've wasted my life." <laughs> and I went home and I went to bed and I got up the next day and I came back and I was like. I'm selling these books but no it's fun uh, my biggest advice is water powerade uh vital water anything you can do to hydrate that is something that i did not know before i did any of these because those big air conditioners in the roof suck all of the moisture out of your body and you're like this husk of a human being my advice is don't hydrate at all you don't want to leave the table to go to the restroom you don't know how it's going to affect your internal rhythms you just don't eat you don't drink, you know, it makes for a long weekend, but it's kept me alive so far. Yeah, okay. The okay. pressure okay. on your bladder <laughs> causes you to sell more. <laughs> so what you need to do is somehow listen to both of our advice. <laughs> I'll find a way to evolve between now and then where I yeah, can simultaneously yeah, need really water and not option. eat it. Yeah. <laughs> one, thing, one thing I would throw out that I just did this last con that I found invaluable is um, we had some of these uh, floor mats that were left over from when my kids were little that would piece together and they're like about that thick of um, foam. Mm -hmm. Just putting those behind the table so you have something to stand on so you're mm -hmm. not standing on concrete for uh, a bunch of hours. It was 
it's game changing. You know, you can just stand up all day because you're on a squishy floor. Save your legs, your feet, and your back. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I also want to give a shout out if she ever watches this, um, Madeline Holly Rosling, uh, who does Boston Metaphysical. Before I did my first con, uh, I had lunch with her and she took me through like everything that you should have for a convention. And she's like, oh, wow. this is where you can get a rolling cart. This is the kind of thing that you need. And we just went through everything from, you know, from soup to nuts. And she's like, this is how you do a convention. Uh, and I was like, great. And she's like, so what's your first convention going to be? I was like, San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to start small. Yeah. 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 Right? So like, so that was the first one we did, um, which maybe was not the best. Uh, Connor, we, we, were you there for the first one? That I think yeah. I think you were, right? Yeah. yeah. And that was also so, so, my first con, too. So, yeah. So like the two of us, like just like <laughs> we aced it. All we aced it. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, I like, think I broke my pants the first day. <laughs> <laughs> we were also like running, like there was a car illegally parked in the street, and like right. carrying heavy boxes to the streets of San Diego. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, we couldn't, so, we didn't get proper like what properly proper access to where like the normal loading docks come in through the truck. So our, we just have to like run things from the front door. <laughs> It, it was, was high stress. And yeah, and like you said, your pants broke. And so you yeah. get a safety pin trying to hold the pants up <laughs> as we were loading the tables. It was rough. And, like, was rough. and, and mind you, this is the first time we've ever met in person, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, hey, it's nice to meet you. My pants are falling down. And I'm like, hey, I'm a complete mess. We don't know what we're doing, but let's do this. San Diego. Yeah. You got to do it. Wedge says, as a germaphobe, it boggles the mind thinking about all the hands you guys shake at these cons. And Onishi Press says, whatever our next con is, we'll be waving to people and not shaking hands. <laughs> I, you know, I, the, the, the fist bump, the elbow bump, or the wave are the way to go. And and this, I just did a one-day little thing a couple weeks back with Andrea uh, Molinari. And, you know, we, we, we had the mask on for the time, and I did not get con credit. Now, it was only a one-day event, so I can't say it was the mask and the being careful about shaking hands but usually you come home with the bubonic plague yeah. <laughs> uh, so as far as i'm concerned let's let's pretend let's let's wipe COVID off the earth which isn't going to happen but let's do it and then let's pretend it's still there for all comic conventions and where where in 95 wear gloves fist bumps <laughs> Like I, so, this is I you know maybe not true, but I heard this about Steve Martin that he carries around business cards. So if you meet him, he hands you a business card, and he said you met Steve Martin. He was charming and personable, and he enjoyed meeting <laughs> you too. Like it just says that all on the business card. I just feel like like having that on the convention that you know like we shook hands. It was nice to meet you. Go, we both went on our own way, and neither of us died from what happened to this convention. You know, just would be the way to like avoid that. Uh, yeah, uh, Tyler James um, had—I don't know if he—I think he did a couple of podcasts on it for the Comic Launch podcast. But you know, a con kit—you know, where you have mm -hmm. like a tackle box or something that has your kind of stuff. You know, tape and pins to sign with, pins to sign with, safety pins. You know, to hold up pants, uh, you know, and all the kind of stuff that you you know think you might need. Uh, but uh, you know that those have been super helpful. And well, I mean, Mick, you uh, you were at the Northwest Arkansas Comic Con what a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. And I shook a lot of hands without thinking about it. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I should use some hand sanitizer. So I started digging through my bag for my hand sanitizer. I was like, oh, 
here's my Nutri-Grain bar. I'm hungry. I better eat this. <laughs> and I ate my Nutri-Grain bar, and then I'm sitting back at the table like, what was I looking for? I don't... It doesn't matter. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> but, you know, it never, it never fails. When you put something in your mouth, somebody will come over. They're like, yeah, yeah. And then me, they're like oh, yeah, they're like, they won't talk to you because their mouth is full. I, I swear yeah. to God, like, like this morning was slow. As soon as I was like, I'm gonna have my lunch, yeah. so I'm like, I'm you know, I'm yeah, drinking. That, that and then come over, I'm like, drink when you're at the convention, you just give up food, you give up fluids, you'll be fine. <laughs> a charging brick, like it's a power, fine. The charging fine. brick is important to have. Yeah, um, make sure yeah. you have a couple of those. Um, have a backup like, for your square reader um, mm -hmm. because you're going to have it out. You're going to like plug it in. You're going to unplug it. You're going to be moving stuff around. You're not going to be able to find it when you want it. So those other six you've stashed around the table will be able to find <laughs> it. I actually uh, have one question. Uh, we had a problem with this, like for that one comment that which we fixed it. But when it comes to signal, because I know that certain cons might be a problem where it's like hey you know you have your square reader and it's like oh because we can't connect to the internet you can't actually buy anything i hope you have cash which thankfully I had cash then but is there any like good work around to make sure you can always kind of connect and use your square reader big shows uh, usually have wi-fi but they'll charge the biggest it. shows charge you for it yeah i i um i've only had ran into that one time and that was with um motor city comic-con they i the first day it worked fine I swear, the next day they like to put on some kind of a signal blocker and force people to buy their internet. <laughs> the ones that they, they had Wi-Fi and they gave us the code, but they gave us the wrong code. So oh. we had to like Scooby Doo our way to eventually finding the real code, so we could actually you know <laughs> connect to Wi-Fi and use it. Nice. It, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a bitch. Uh, usually, people have the backup of cash. They want to use their card for convenience but they also want to be able to see other things. So usually if you just can't get signal, they will pay cash, but you'd prefer to be somewhere. And one thing you can do at the beginning of the day is figure out if you have a signal. And if you don't, you can walk in your area in kind of circles until you find the right spot. The show I was with Andrea, we would run to one doorway, which was the only place we could get a signal. And, and it would charge and we'd run back to the table. <laughs> it was like a 32 foot run. Run back. So um, that that's uh, on Saturday when it's the busiest, though, even that won't get what get. Yeah. Out. Sometimes you're at the mercy. You just got to bite the bullet and pay for the Internet because it's mm -hmm. you don't want to lose that sale because if, if that one sale might be enough to pay for the Internet and then you have the rest to make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, so like, you, know, you check during load in. Like that's also the thing to do. Like when, when you're doing your load in that's when you check for your signal to make sure that you have a good strong one mm -hmm. there. And if you don't, then you go to the convention organizer and say, Hey, I've got no single signal. What's the work around there. So, I mean, well, and you also want to be able, I mean, I'm assuming you have like a, a mailing list, you know, either Substack, MailChimp or something like that. You want to make sure that you can, you know, get signups for those. Mm -hmm. And MailChimp's really good about uh, giving you a, an offline version that it'll just collect, you know, like if you have an iPad or something, you can just have them type it in and, then when you get signal, you know, with Wi-Fi, you know, they all upload and, you know, you've got them signed in. Or you can just use pencil and paper, too, for, for something like that. Yeah, the MailChimp, that's what I do. And I have, um, I could probably even pull up and show you, like, how I have it. Every time, like, when I'm doing my spiel, 
I'll, you know, I'll say, as I'm signing comics, I'll say, hey, well, I'm signing comics. You want to sign up for my newsletter? Join the Wolf Pack. Sorry. Join the Wolf Pack. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I touched the button. Yeah. Seriously. Like, you know, you give that nice little thing. They can look at it, sign up, boom. And then if it's connected to the internet, it goes right there and you can have that automated uh, welcome series. Mm -hmm. Start hitting it. And, and then and, also the, I was going to say, just be friends with your neighbors. Like yeah. that's always the important thing. Get to know them so they can spell you for breaks. It's great when you know people, but when you don't, get, get to know the people. Mm -hmm. And if you make friends, you get to have them do your your covers for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sit by an artist. Always sit by an artist if it's possible. <laughs> Listen, that was a hap that was a happy happy accident that Connor and I got put next to each other. But it, it was, was we got we're very lucky. Yeah, you, him and I chatted the whole weekend while my dad fell asleep over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is great. It is great when you can get someone to also table with you. Um, I mean, I think that's that's nice too. You want to make sure you have someone who is complementary to what you do, um, and maybe if you have slightly different audiences, so you're not just like stealing the exact same thing from the other person. Uh, like like a funny horror comic wouldn't necessarily be the best thing for you to have at your table to rent, um, like right next to you, um, you know, with, with, with crazy monsters that that person also has a uh, dream taken from his dreams to put into his comic. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> although maybe like that, that's its own thing. It. <laughs> I see as you have ritual tears in your Kickstarter. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are able to put stuff in it. It's some fun with it. I think um, um, it so, is. I mean, but sorry. Go I was just going to say, like, if, if there's anyone in the chat who hasn't backed everyone's books yet, um, you know, we just gave you a great show. 100%. <laughs> that was free entertainment. Now you're going to go back, sacrifice. You're going to go back, Nightwolf. Are you I'm not saying. entertained? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We don't bring people on if we don't think they're great people great creators with great books. So um, thank you guys very much for joining us. Uh, we're going to, why don't we do uh, 30 seconds on each book just for the people who popped in. Um, I think what order did we do them? I don't know what order we did them in. Um, Laurent, let's, let's get you practice for, for Megacon. You've got 40 <laughs> people walking, walking past. How do you get them interested in sacrifice? Uh, Hellboy meets the Evil Dead. The superpowered host Lucifer has two goals: to gather allies, stop Lucifer's resurrection, and bring in hell to Earth, and to make enough money through fighting demons to keep the lights on. Beautiful. All right. Let's see. I think Mick, this is your campaign. Um, I am putting you in that, so you have to do the thirty, the thirty-second pitch for a white ash. Uh, am I? Am I involved? And, in and you have and you have to use the term <laughs> "our book white ash." Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's this book white ash. I fell down a hole into. Uh, so <laughs> our book white ash, written by Charlie Stickney, uh, art provided by Connor Hughes, myself, Finn Cram, uh, is a rural Pennsylvania horror romance fantasy uh, coming of age adventure. Nope, I lost it. I'm sorry. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Never wrap up. Um, it's been on Kickstarter what four times before, and then the other two issues were scouted. It's been here five times. 
It's been on Kickstarter frequently. Charlie has been described to me, not by Charlie himself, as the king, duke, or earl of Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He knows how to write a story. He knows how to put a team together. It's it's a fantastic book, and it is, you know, my immense honor to be a part of it this time out. Yeah, uh, that's great, and and. Um... I think you did pretty good for for your first time <laughs> on this comic. So, um, Rob, that's what you have to do, right? I mean, you know, sometimes you got to get the attention, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you're walking by, and then they're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, usually, like I said, um, you know, they, they walk by, and you know, and they kind of take that glance. You get that minute or that second, actually, to even get their attention. So you're like, "Hey." You know, you like uh, werewolves, supernatural stories, well then check out Nightwolf. It's a story about a young man who finds out that he's born a werewolf and gets thrown into a supernatural war. And then check out this other series that I got going off featuring a female werewolf in the 19th century Scotland. With awesome, awesome art by Mog Park. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you like Game of Thrones? <laughs> 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 Which is one thing I'm really super excited about is um, Chicago. I get to actually meet her in person. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, her and I will both be there, and uh, we'll be. I think we're gonna have a great weekend. When is when is Chicago? Uh, that's in July. Okay. That's uh, the Fan Expo. It used to be um, Wizard World. That's another one that uh, Fan Expo took over. Awesome. All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, this week it is. Uh, we. <laughs> I won't. I won't say who who said this, but one of the non gentlemen, and not because. Uh, there were rude. Uh, one of the ladies that joined us one time came in and said, oh, good. There's, I thought this was going to be a total sausage party. Tonight, it was. Um, so, you know, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. If it is dinner time and you need to go eat or if it is late or you've been at a con and you need to go to sleep, uh, your, your responsibility is done. Uh, what uh, Will and I are going to do now is kind of talk about the campaigns that are still running from creators that have been um, on the show in the past couple weeks. Uh, you're welcome to stay and talk about the cool books, and you are welcome to get the heck out of Dodge, whatever is comfortable for you. So I am going to bid adieu because I do have an early morning. Uh, <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Thank you again for having me. And Rob, I'm just going to say, Rob, anyone who backs uh, White Ash, if they also back the... Uh, uh, Nightwolf campaign. There's this amazing crossover print that uh, goes for backers of both campaigns. So, Kevin, you should pull that up point. and show that. <laughs> <laughs> Give me two seconds. Which campaign would have it closer? <laughs> campaign scroll uh, down towards the bottom. All right. I, I just figured I'd bring that up before you left. Um, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> just drag really that nice looking print too. Yeah. I got I got a section for crossovers all the way down there. And hey, yeah, I love. Wait, 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 wait! You talked about your that's your little cheeky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it'd be cheeky if she was looking the other direction. But we understand <laughs> what we mean. Yeah, we didn't do the superhero pose. <laughs> speaking of crossovers, I love a good crossover. Hey, look! Wait, did you, hey, look! Did you see uh, Connors? <laughs> Where where we got it? Yeah. Connors? I think you passed that a while ago. All right. Well, I'm sorry, Connor. Yeah. Oh, no problem. 
the crossover print is down uh, by above yeah, it's down past the creators. And when there's down. a picture of Connor in the creators too. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> that never put me there. That was a that was a picture we took together. Uh, I cropped myself out from. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's a nice looking photograph. I think. <laughs> yeah. There he is. All right, I didn't show your cover, but I showed you. <laughs> there we go. No, that's uh, that's Travis's. Oh yeah. So that this would be Cthulhu and Nightwolf. Yeah. So that if you uh, You're a little I, later. I have, yeah, yeah. I have a story in Cthulhu. Uh, it's the Bandersnatch. Um, so Travis and I had thought we'd do a He-Man homage with uh, Nightwolf riding the Bandersnatch. Nice, but can't help you get on Cthulhu because that that is closed. No, no, so, this is this oh. one's still going. That's Cthulhu. Yeah, and yeah that Mandela. one's still going. Yeah, it, Russell's is closed. It's Travis is still going. Yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah, until like Thursday, I think. All right, sorry, Travis. I I took your thing out because I. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, a good thing we did? I saw Cthulhu and I was like, oh, that's done. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Daphne's is almost done, so she's got a couple there more days too. And then that's, yeah, that's the that's the beautiful thing that uh, Carlos whipped out for us. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Nice. Yeah, you know, I took um I, when I was talking to him and I shared um, some of the art and I, I gave him the um, the character design for the toy fi- the, for the figure. And that's where he got the. That's where he took the outfit from the from the figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The tracker, the tracker collectible. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Go to bed, Rob. Yeah. Good luck tomorrow. Have a good show. Take care, Rob. Nice to meet you. Take care, Rob. Good night. All right, right. Kevin. Before we we get started on, I want to give a uh, tip of my empty glass at this point to Mm. uh, Frank Martin, who finished his um, truce truce, uh, just about 20 minutes ago. So he's funded on that. And uh, congrats, Frank. All right, so let's talk about Cthulhu Invades Wonderland uh, without a banner that I uh, deleted. I will create it shortly. One moment. It is, it's an anthology. Um, basically, uh, Tra- Travis brings people in and says, all right, we are going to tell many different stories, but one big story with a through line. Cthulhu is invading. Uh, Oz was the first one. Wonderland is the second. And it's not just 30 different stories. It's 30 stories that basically tell one big story. And as Rob said, he is in it. Uh, I know, I believe Russell Nolte was in it. A ton of great creators. Uh, Check out Cthulhu Invades Wonderland. Travis is a cool dude. Um, And there's going to be a third for that yes uh the peter the neverland Neverland. cthulhu invades netherland is is the next one coming and then i believe he's done with it but uh, he hasn't made that a guarantee whereas russell's cthulhu is hard to spell is is it's over rock it's over he's he's done his three and he's he's done with it all right uh shock-headed peter well charlie introduced us to eb and and jessica so thank you for that um they they were awesome and chocolate peter is a um a retelling of an 1840s uh german cautionary tale where you know 
I, I can't remember the exact things, but if you suck your thumb, it will fall off and you will never have thumbs again type of stories <laughs> that they used to tell the kids. <laughs> and uh, very absurdist art. Uh, uh, oh, gosh, I'm, it's late. So, so quick um, aside on, on Shaq and yeah. Peter. So, so my wife is German and uh, the grandparents came and brought one of her children's books to give to our kids. And it was that. <laughs> and it really is like things like, uh, you know, like if you suck your thumbs, we're chopping them off. And you see that in the book and like there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, we can't give this to our children. And she's like, I can't believe my parents gave it to me because it was the same copy that she had had. When she was and we were both horrified by this thing. And so like I would they're like, hey, I've got this obscure German you know, fairy tale. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know that one. It's terrifying. Oh, wow. It'll make a great comic, but it's not coming to my house. Yeah. <laughs> At least not where the kids can see it. Like it'll go in my yeah. So but people should back it. It's a great campaign. And Ethan and Jessica are great people. Yeah, I thank you. And you gave me time to come up with Beetlejuice. It's a very Beetlejuice type horror story. Uh, just kind of beautiful, weird art and uh, definitely surreal. worth checking. Yes. And uh, Samantha was with us earlier tonight. And... Uh -huh. The Witchtober coloring book and uh, sketchbook. Um, basically, the coloring book was her Witchtober um, artwork of last October. She did, you know, the full month of of witch drawings, and she's turning it into a very intricate and beautiful adult coloring book. So, if you need to get Zen, you need to um, calm down, or like me, you need to get a good gift for your wife. Uh, <laughs> you back the coloring book, and if you just want an awesome art book you can get the sketchbook or obviously you can get both and samantha was just super cool and uh she's also a great artist to hire for variant covers i just want to put that out there i know she did one for mick that did really well so if you're looking yeah. for variant covers she's super cool Back her stuff. Best. she <laughs> says that she is inspired by michael turner and you can you can see it in the the colors she chooses and in the the forms that she draws and they just her will not bow books, their, her covers. Pop. Yeah, I agree. And we need a trade of, or a hardcover or both of her will not bow. So uh, Mick, Connor, Charlie, You're, keep, keep beyond that. Uh, <laughs> keep, I keep being on that guys. I pester her about every day, but like, so what, uh, what are you drawing today? What's going on? <laughs> And another awesome writer artist um, goes by Inky Beast on Instagram and Twitter. Nine Crow is a, a psychological horror um, about basically a town where there have been a lot of disappearances, and the the young female protagonist starts to um, explore and investigate, and uh, just beautiful artwork. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it's late. I'm tired. Yeah. Well, I mean, for it. <laughs> See, the show, we always say the show goes off of the rails at this point, but yeah. um, people should back nine, it. Everyone yeah. should back it. That, that yeah. was what we wanted to get to, right? And yeah. if, you're, if you're looking <laughs> for nine crow is one word, yes. not two words. Nine crow. It looks is like how many more days is that one live for? Oh, uh, one second. Uh, it looks There's like only like one second. Back it now. <laughs> <laughs> goes until April 23rd. And it I looks think like that the, was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I'll just say quickly. It looks like the the book is hand lettered. So and it's the lettering is really good on it. 
she does everything uh yeah. dora mitchell she does everything she writes it she draws it she letters it it's it's all all her her brain and just a really really extraordinary like the the artwork reminded me of charles adams and she said that 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 was one of the the books that at like six or seven she was given that that inspired her to to start art so I, it's that's really it's a unique book and I'm really excited to get that one and we had people who've been reading it as a, a web comic who kept coming in talking about how excited they were to find out how it ends so we know that the first 70 80 percent of that book is awesome yeah <laughs> um, and, and that's it funded. and it's, it's already funded too yeah but we're we're we did it we did it will i might have kind of crashed there for for a little <laughs> bit <of it. laughs> oh samantha branch said that she is not listening to this you hey <laughs> you get to make your own choice about what you put into the world but you don't get choice about how people compliment it you are a great <laughs> artist and we want you to make hard covers or soft covers or we'll we'll not bow okay and we All want right. you to make more comics too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, thank you guys. We really appreciate it. I'm sorry. I kind of uh, melted there in the last five to seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, hey, 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 Laurent, where can we find you? Yes. Oh, uh, I'm uh, on Twitter. Uh, Twitter handles always be evil uh, underscore between each of the words. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. Same handle. Uh, but I'm, more active on Twitter. Uh, those are the two spots to find me at the moment. You know, everybody can do that too. We, we should probably do that each time. Mick, what's your Twitter or Instagram handle, whatever you prefer? I am Mick Comiker, M-C-C-O-M-I-C-K-E-R on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. I said Twitch already. <laughs> are you I'm starting to Kevin Joseph over here and it's not going great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's everywhere I'm at. Uh, it's contagious. Be careful, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm on uh, at Connor Hughes uh, one n uh, for the Connor uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm at I'm on CNR HUS on Instagram and Connor Hughes on Twitch. Right. And Charlie, where where do they find you, buddy? Well, I just want to say, like Connor and Nick have great Twitch streams which they do during the day. So if you like to watch people make incredible art, it's so fun just to have that on the background and just be able to see them draw. So I'm just going to put a plug for both of their Twitch streams. I will uh, for say me, that... you can fi... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say one of my favorite things to draw to is Connor drawing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at Charles Stickney on Twitter or at White Ash Comic on Instagram. But Twitter is where I do uh, most of my business. Uh, so you can just reach out to me there. All right. Everybody that was in the comment section, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, we'll see you uh, next week, I think. Let me let me look at who we might have hopefully <laughs> hopefully invited. Um, it's getting long, Will. Maybe we might need a new document. I, it is getting kind of long. <laughs> it, it's nice because this is the show that people want to be on. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, it, we've been, I, I think Will, Will and I are just very lucky to have awesome people who are willing to come and share each other's projects. 
um, and to be part of that that Kickstarter community that Charlie talked about. It's uh, and we we just appreciate being able to talk comics every week. Uh, right now we have Travis B Hill is going to be on for Techno Nights, which is a Dauntless Stories crowdfunding. Um, they call it the Green Light um a package or, or it's a green light where it's not kickstarter specifically but it's crowdfunding within the dauntless stories uh website so we're gonna talk to travis and hear a little bit more about the green light system next week and you know what people are launching all the time we there's some it was about three weeks ago that travis gibb launched on a thursday and i was like hey what you doing tomorrow night <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the so, Dauntless stories. Didn't we have what? Uh, Frankie White. Eat, eat, I, eat, my, eat flesh, my flesh. Drink, drink my blood. That was yeah, a good that, book. I don't know if you read that, but that was that was a little horrifying. Yeah, and Sky uh, Sky Patridge had a I think exclusive cover for the hardcover, right? Yeah. Am I saying no. her name properly? Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am an expert. <laughs> All right, let's end on that. Will, you are an expert. Good night, everybody. Good night.